Yeah. On my On part. My part. Yeah. yeah. Hi, welcome wow. to the Church of Mavis Radio. It's Friday night. Uh, it's be seven o'clock where you we're coming in live uh, in Central and eight o'clock on the East Coast. Uh, Jeff has stepped out for a minute. He, we're having some uh, third dimensional problems with, with a huge echo. Hopefully we can get that taken care of. He's going to another computer and uh, he'll be coming back in momentarily. Uh, for the show tonight, though, we have Aggie Nast. Uh, Aggie has some really, really great stuff on his website if you haven't seen it yet. Aggie, great to have you back. Um, what have you been doing lately and how are you feeling? Well, uh, first of all, I'm feeling really good. And for the second, uh, sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing. It just happens. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we're going to have some fun tonight because uh, it is great to talk about all that exotic stuff about what's on the moon and extraterrestrials. But I also want to give people something that will make their life better. There yeah. are so many things that we have never been talked to or told about by government and institutions and medical and all that. that they're just covering up the good stuff so they can make money on us, you know. And <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about that somewhere in the show where, um, in fact, for those of you older guys out there and girls, did you know that in 2009, three doctors got the Nobel Prize for discovering an enzyme that reverses the aging process? You probably didn't know that, but I'd like to mention a little bit about that because some of you older folks out there, I think you'd like to know because it's so simple. I would definitely like to know. Yeah, if you want to give us that, that would be awesome. Um, there is also, I've been hearing um, on, on Joe Montaldo's show, we've been talking about uh, I think it's Johnson & Johnson, uh, I'm not sure, one of the larger pharmaceutical companies has allegedly come out with a two-part binary, um, I don't know if you call it a recipe or a remedy, that supposedly uh, reduces the aging process. It doesn't necessarily end it, but it slows it down tremendously. Uh, one pill slows the aging, and then the other pill allegedly takes like 30 years off of your organs and skin. Um, and it's allegedly a painful pill. I don't know if you heard about that as well, but uh, yeah, we'd definitely like to hear about that enzyme. Yeah, I know. And um, what people can do if they want to have a look at what the pharmaceuticals are doing, then they can go and research a product called TA-65. TA-65. And it is purported out there like, oh, it's going to reverse your aging process, stop it or whatever. And some people say, yeah, that really worked great for me. Other people say, I got nothing. So... It is up to you, but the thing about that is that it sets you back about four to five, six hundred dollars a month to do this. Wow, yeah, that's a yeah. cost. <laughs> I'm cheap, so I do it the cheap way because yeah. that is using herbs so the body can create this enzyme on its own. And uh, there is a lot of evidence for this happening. There is books out writing about it, medical doctors, uh, actually a few uh, writing about it. And I found some very old people. For those of you guys out there that like to surf the net, surf the net while we're talking, just go ahead and uh, search on the 256-year-old man. Yes, he was 256 when he died from an accident. And the 200. government, yeah, 256. And uh, the government verify his age on 
two or three different occasions by congratulations to him on his age. So yes, it is possible. And another guy, uh, since we're on this subject, I might as well go a little bit with it because there was a Chinese university professor that came to New York in the 1950s on an exchange program. On uh, He was talking at the university in New York and uh, one of our people went to China, to Peking at the time, actually, it was before Beijing. And uh, they were, uh, the, the Chinese university professor, he went out with his colleagues one uh, evening to have dinner and he got food poisoning and died. So, you know, you know what happens. He ends up at the morgue and uh, they look through his papers and they say, no, 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 this is something wrong here. So they called the ambassador from China and they asked him uh, something wrong with him because he's, his passport show he's 250. No, he is 154 years, I think it was, 154 years old. And they said, no, that can't be right. And the ambassador said, yeah, he is. And they asked the ambassador, how can that be? And the ambassador told them, first of all, he only eat Chinese herbs and berries. And the secondary effect is that he knew he could never die. Those two things kept him alive. But of course, you know, in the American diet and the way we live, you know, that's not going to go over too well because, hey, we like that steak, right? And, uh, like that cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Actually, uh, a double-decker, and that just puts you in an early grave. But if you let go of some of that and stay with a diet, not necessarily all Chinese herbs and berries because they are also American and European and wherever people are listening, they have local herbs that will do and keep the body alive. Mm -hmm. Fruits, vegetables. Yeah, this can be done. So, um, in fact, in this book here, uh, Spirit, oh, you can't see that. Yeah, yeah you're, you got to put it in front of your body because your, your yeah. background hides it a little. Spiritual science, higher conscious thinking, and how to access the universal consciousness. In there, I explain what I do. I have been on this program for a while, and I think it's working for me because I have more energy than anybody I know. And, uh, well, in a few days, actually, I'm going to be 78. So I think I'm doing something right. And uh, yeah, I would have guessed, uh, you know, mid to late 60s. <laughs> and you're, 70, uh, you're 78? Yeah, no, well, I'm 77 right now. But on the 28th of this month, I will be 78, according to my mom. But uh, you know how that is. You know, they may not tell the truth all the time, but I think she did. <laughs> So this is something that people can really do. It is simple. You can. Yeah, I, 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 I totally understand. I mean, I, 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 what I don't understand is, uh, I mean, it's written in many, many uh, ancient texts, particularly the Bible is the main one I can think of where, you know, at some point there are people in the Bible who are eight, nine, 
a thousand years old, 800, 900, a thousand years old. Uh, Noah's father, uh, Methuselah, was something on the order of like a thousand and eighty years when he died. Uh, uh, Noah's father was like 900 years old when he died. Yep. And Noah was like 800 when he died. There's the king's list, uh, the Sumerian uh, king's list that mentions guys with, you know, tremendous lifespans, 35, 40,000 year old lifespans. What yeah. Keep, what, I mean, is there is there a way to restrict by genetics? I don't know if you would know this answer. I, I mean, I don't know, but is there a way to restrict by genetics the age that a creature can ma maintain or get to? Yes, absolutely. The Sumerian king list and the Hebrew writings, they talk about there were eight kings that ruled Earth for 241 years. Now, 241,000 years. So you divide that up. And you, about 30,000 years each. Some of them are actually 70,000. Yeah, there's, there's some really long. I mean, I, I think one of the kings on the Sumerian kings list is like, he's got 100, he's, he lived 120,000 years uh, lifespan and, and, and then lived uh, uh, rules for 70 or 80,000. Yeah. Uh, and it, these are probably years well be before, I'd say, you know, going beyond, well beyond written history it has to be. Uh, but what what is it that caused caused? I mean, that's a if there are human beings that live ninety thousand years, a hundred thousand years, why can't we get? Why can't we achieve that? Well, uh, lifestyles and uh, lack of knowledge. Genetics. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But I I think maybe we should mention what actually causes aging and death. Uh, first of all, uh, science has found out what causes aging, and that is that the it's it comes back to the telomeres inside of the cells yeah. the mm -hmm. telomeres at the end of the chromosomes they are shortening a little bit every time that the cell replicate itself all the way down to the point when there is nothing left and then the mm -hmm. end of the chromosome start fraying and the cell is no longer able to replicate itself and you get stuck with old cells in the body. You get more and more and more old cells and you get older and you're more wrinkled and you die. Now, there is a way to stop this and slow it down. And that is to have enough of an enzyme in the body that will help to keep the telomeres longer. And that's the TA-65. No, no, it's no. a it's an enzyme that is called telomerase. And don't take my word for that. Go to the Nobel Committee's website, go to 2009, and scroll down to medical submissions and read the papers. You're gonna love it because in there it explains why this enzyme is actually preventing the telomeres to shorten. So the cells in your body are able to replicate continuously without interruption or shutdown. And uh, in the book here, I explain uh, what I do for one thing and also more about why this happens. Uh, read the paper at the Nobel Committee's website. That's got a lot of credibility to it. But that was in 2009. Hey, that's a yeah. while back. It's, so yeah. much Almost, more... Yeah. Yeah, much more knowledge has come out now. So it is more understandable now why we can actually slow down and stop 
or even reverse the aging process. So we're we're close to immortality. It sounds like now with the with this uh, the tel telomer the the enzyme is telomerase. Telomerase, telomerase, whichever way you uh, pronounce okay. it. So when, when taking this, you were saying before that each time the cell replicates, the telomeres get smaller and smaller and smaller. So once you take this enzyme, let's say you have ten telomeres left, and the cell replicates, it comes back with ten cell. It comes back with that ten, or does it come back with the full complement? Well, or what it had originally. Yeah, each uh, chromosome. The, the two ends of the chromosome has the telomeres, of one telomere on each end. And that's what's shortening, so the ends start fraying, so they will no longer be able to replicate themselves. But the... Okay, so um, what I'm getting at is like, so you have, let's say you have at the end of the, the strand of G DNA, you have, let's say, 20 telomeres on either end. And this, this cell re replicates, and it comes back. Now it's got nine on either end. Then it replicates and comes back, and then it's got eight. So there's no way to repair that and make them come back, but we can stop them from disappearing. Uh, yes, actually, according to the medical research, uh, they say that yes, you can also lengthen the telomeres by t taking the substances like uh, the different uh, Chinese herbs, so the body will be able to produce more of this uh, telomerase or telomerase enzyme so that the cells can have enough of it. Why, why isn't this like all over the front pages of every newspaper? I mean, this is, I mean, this is groundbreaking. Yeah. You yeah, know. sure it is. You know, there's a depopulation program in <laughs> going on, so that's why they're not telling you. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, and so think of what we're going on. Probably is another part of the depopulation there. So, <laughs> and yeah, the, yeah. the amazing thing is that if you start reversing the aging, all age-related diseases go away. So that's another reason why they don't want to tell you. Think of all that money that is in yeah. all, yeah, in repairing. We, we talk about that all the time. It's a big pharma, how they're like, uh, they 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 uh, they invent drugs that have like really great sounding effects, but not a cure. Oh. You know, they make your life better. They make you, and then if you if you watch any of these pharmaceutical companies for, I mean, particularly uh, like these ones for like the diabetes and the uh, the COPDs, they they kind of indicate by the actions of the actors in the commercials, that unless you take this drug, you can't do this. But they showed them doing like the weirdest things. Like this one lady's a like a hot air balloon pilot. Another lady's like an expert botanist. You know, it's like, if you don't take our pill, you can't do your work. You can't do your favorite stuff. And which is a bunch of, you know what? <laughs> you know, a cured person is a, is a lost. It's, it's lost regular income, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was a loud one. A, a cured person is a lost customer. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, there was the head of a pharmaceutical company I probably should not mention. He actually said that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's unbelievable. <laughs> but I mean, that's, a, that's I mean, that's the retail mindset of it. It's not a it's not of a curative mindset. It is of, and it, probably same thing goes for maybe not all medical professionals but most prophetic most medical um companies including some hospitals merely are just that they they want a steady income and you're it 
you're you're a, you're essentially a blood bag for the uh, to, to infuse more money into that system into that you know, whatever whatever hospital area you're in. Yeah. Hey guys, yeah. how's my sound besides the dog? Do I sound clearer than it, I was in the Yes. You sound <laughs> good. The dog sounded good too. Yeah. <laughs> Very annoying terrier. That oh, barks. Sounded very mad, Jeffrey. Did you? A very, a very annoying terrier that barks at the people that live here who comes into the house every time. It's like we live here, you buffoon. Yeah, well, yeah. Actually, where the hell were you? Our food, it's like our food food empty, dude. It's like I appreciate the bark, the warning, but every time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you but, uh, the bad guys come around? <laughs> but let me tell you, I know about the corrupt pharmaceutical system from when I had to go through chemo at 17. And my dad, they, the company he worked at, Conair, which was Aetna Insurance, one of the supervisors said, your son costs a lot. You should just let him die. And then, uh, I mean, he really said that. Like, they would say demeaning wow. things to him because my insurance costs too much for testicular cancer and all that crap that I had to go through. And uh, basically, uh, some of those shots were as much as, like, 10 grand a shot. It was like Ocean Life and Cadavers. Who knows what was in that stuff? It, I'm fine yeah. now. But uh, it was like the X-Men or something. <laughs> they were loading you full of all kinds of crazy stuff at chemo. And that was a long time ago. But, uh, and my dad, when he was, you know, uh, he passed away from a heart attack and they found him face down on the ground. He had been saying crazy stuff about going to his work and doing some William Wallace Braveheart on him when we, that week. So that was like, that's our, that's America. <laughs> you know, Basically that he was going to go to his work and I guess mess him up. But luckily, well, not luckily he had a heart attack that hopefully didn't, that caused him not to do that and damn his soul or something. So, but I could understand wanting to punch someone in the face like that, that says something like that. So, or Vlad, yeah. Vlad the Impaler on, but that's my introduction to the pharmaceutical company, everybody. <laughs> yeah. And people that talk like uh, against them like that, you know, heart attacks are easy to create. There are, south american beans that you can take the extract out of it and i'm not going to say the name of it because this is bad news but you can get the juice from that and any little thing or any little bit of that juice in the bloodstream and bingo you got a heart attack so this cia and the people out there they know about all these things yeah and yeah there's there's frogs in the south american uh, rainforest that you can get some yeah. are harmless mm -hmm. so you'll mess your world up for a couple of days but others you brush against them you're dead in minutes <clears throat> So. Yeah, and uh, I, I I realize now that you are on a forum where I don't have to be so restrictive in my talk because we're not worried about YouTube here, are we? Yeah, no, we're we're okay with s bombs, but no f bombs. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. And the c word on YouTube. Be careful with that one. No, we are on YouTube on the channel, so yeah. yeah oh, okay. Well, then There's I'll. Three companies we can't talk about. <laughs> then we'll, I'll still be careful. I understand. I hate it, but uh, <laughs> but uh, definitely uh, that was my introduction. That's why I like Bernie so much. I know people say he was a commie, whatever, but at least he's true. There's people dying from cancer working for him, trying to get him into office to help get us better health care. I mean, people died trying to. That's the only reason I cared because I know what it's like to go through yeah. that that crap. Yeah, that's that's really. <laughs> What a system. Well, some of the other proof positive that the, the pharmaceutical, at least in this country, that the pharmaceutical companies 
aren't necessarily looking for a, a, a cure. Um, if you look at some of the one, some of the companies in Europe, they, they actually do experimentation on, on drugs with some of the uh, criminal um, aspects, people who are, you know, in for life and whatnot, you know, to get special privileges in jail, they can sort of su submit themselves to certain uh, medical procedures and whatnot and medical testings. Uh, and that's how they're finding better drugs over in Europe. This is they're, they're actually using, you know, resources they have. You've got these people that you can't let back into society. They're going to die in the prison system. There's only a few things that they can do from within prison is they can stamp out license plates. Does that benefit Europe? I don't know. But them using their their sign their you know their bodies for science to help forward advancements in pharmaceuticals and, and even medical procedures. Uh, mm -hmm. If we did that across board, I, we would have a whole different uh, e economy over here. I think we'd have an uncollapsible economy. Yeah. Uh, but right now, the way it is is that every company it doesn't matter what they are. It, it could be hardware. It could be uh, paint. It could be uh, clothing, books. Every company wants to be a billion dollar company by the end of the century, and it's just like. What are you going to do with a billion dollars? You're not yeah. using it to help humanity any. It's for you, not for us. Yeah. And that's that's the mentality our pharmaceutical companies need to have. They need to be, their their company motto should be to help all, not just who works within that building. Yeah, it's a very controlled society, controlled for the purpose of profit. So uh, we just have to deal with that. We're still here in the physical. Yeah. So, uh, Augie, I definitely know we want to talk about timelines. What's going on with all that? Everything just seems like it just gets more chaotic every day on weird levels on the world scale. Just yeah, a lot of chaos. Yeah, yeah the time and timelines and time travel and all that. It's it's really hard to wrap our heads around, but uh, it is real because uh, I have read probably six or seven scientific journals that say, yes, we know how to make a time travel device, but we just can't do it yet. So why can't they do it yet? I'm sure that if they were to do something like this, and it became common knowledge we may have a challenge on our hand because a lot of people will be making these machines and they'll be traveling backwards and forwards and screwing up the past, screwing up the future, and we could have a mess on our hand. I yeah, that's very, that's very true. They're, they're, the problem with the time travel, and I, and I don't disagree with you on that, uh, there's, there's some, there's some uh, speculation that there's uh, future humans from Earth coming back in time from the future to fix some massive you know cataclysm thousands of years in our future uh yeah. but i mean i, I don't I, I think time travel is very very difficult to achieve and probably because it's, it requires a vast amount of energy and we probably haven't discovered those kind of sources yet but if we did and we knew we had the machine i mean think about it. if we had doc brown's machine but we didn't have the key to it and then we got in outer space we find the key to it just think about the chaos that could come from that i mean it's just oh yeah vast amount of damage they could do well, there's all kinds of evidence beyond the, the technical journals that, in fact, explains how to do it. And and uh, if people want to Google some of this, they can, uh, one of them, um, uh, let me see, there, were, there is a story that is actually, I went and verified it for myself, and that is a, about a guy, his name was Andrew Carl Seen. 
he was in New York. He was playing the stock market, and he started with $800. And in a matter of a few weeks, he had accumulated $350 million. He did 126 high-risk trades and never lost a dime on one of them. And the regulators started looking at that and they said, wait a minute, that cannot happen. So they went and arrested him for insiders trading and hauled him before the court. And uh, he told the judge, yeah, I'm really sorry. He said, uh, it got out of hand. It got so exciting. He said, I just couldn't stop. And they asked him, how did you do it? And he says, well, it's like this. He says, uh, I am a time traveler. I was from 2256. And the judge laughed at him and he said, you go to jail and we're going to keep you here until you tell us who gave you the information. And uh, the guy sat there for, I think, about two days. And a man, they put a $1 million bond on him. And wow. uh, two days later, a man came in with a million dollars for the cash. And he paid the bond. They both left. And they were never seen again. They both left. Now, most people would say, yeah, sure, that's a story that was made up. This couldn't happen. Well. I did a little digging and I found that, yes, there's a record of this guy being in jail and being in front of the court. And he was sitting for two days at Rikers Island in New York. So there is a story about this guy that people can actually find. And uh, it was a real story. How did he do 126 high risk trade without knowing What's what's going to happen? Yeah, it had to have I, some forewarning of it or something. Yeah, some knowledge. Yeah. I, I mean, kind of think that if, uh, if, if, if you're playing any game, doesn't matter what it is, you know, you know, they, there's an old saying that you know, blind squirrel occasionally finds a nut. Well, no matter what game you play, even if you suck at games, you have terrible strategy. Eventually, you're going to win a game, but you're not going to win yeah. a game every time you play. It's just it's it's impossible. Yeah. And if you want to read about uh, how to make a time travel device, there is a very prestigious, uh, <laughs> in quote, uh, news source where you can go read about it, bbc.com. And uh, I'll give you the link to it so you can go back and you can rerun the, the video here and then you can go check it out. bbc.com forward slash news forward slash July 11, 2018. They're talking with scientists and they're saying, yes, we can build a time travel device. I think they call it time travel machine. So. Yeah. With the stuff they're doing with CERN, I mean, they're definitely getting close to it. They're doing crazy, crazy, stupid stuff with that. Yeah. They're allegedly trying to summon some sort of uh, extra dimensional being yeah. Or demon of some sort. That sounds yeah, like also, the, Hi the History Channel also is talking to science uh, scientists that's saying, yeah, we can do this. In fact, there is a guy, uh, it's a professor out in California, Bruce Goldberg. He's teaching how to do it his way of uh, doing time travel. 
And uh, for those of you that is interested, write in this book. I have a whole chapter on how to do it. And uh, that's why I've been playing with it for well over two decades now. And uh, in fact, in 2003, BBC television came over to the United States to do a TV documentary on time travel. They had Mitchell Kaku on there and Green and myself. And I demonstrated a small time travel device that I have had some very strange experiences with on that uh, on that uh, TV documentary. You go to BBC television, you can probably find it. And uh, even uh, when you talk about time, now they're telling us that quantum physics says that time does not exist. Yeah. It's an invention of man. Yeah. It is a mind construct. Even if you think about it on the, on the most basic level, uh, if, you, if you take a, an airplane from New York to San Francisco or Los Angeles, you have essentially traveled into a, a fake past because you're going backwards three hours. So your time changes. Uh, but you have also actually traveled forward in time. So it's yeah. kind of a weird, I mean, time travel is a weird thing to even contemplate because like I'm saying there, you, it's just common travel from New York to San Francisco. You know, it's a six, seven, eight hour flight. But let's say it's nine o'clock when you leave New York, when you get to uh, San Francisco, it's three hours earlier than it is in New York. So you have yeah. essentially traveled three hours into the past, but you've also traveled forward in time. But your clock went backwards, so it can it, it can really boggle the mind if you're not you know, yeah. careful. Yeah, and um, also the uh, there's a mathematician Tom Von Bach. He said that um, time is not constant because the time is actually some. It's a mind construct that we created in order to be able to understand the happenings because the past, present, and future is sitting all in the present. Mm -hmm. But that wouldn't be very easy to look at. How do we, if we're going to see everything at once, how do we discern that? That it just wouldn't work. So we have created this construct of present moments placed one after another and they are very close the distance between each present moment is the Planck distance that is uh, one to the 32nd powers to the negative I think the, the, I forget the exact there but it's I'm 90% close on that one now if you look at the present moments there is actually some evidence that this is the way it is because there is a, there is an electronic instrument called the square wave generator that works on the very same principle. It has a sine wave that spikes, move over a little bit, and collapses to nothing. And then it spikes again and move over a little bit and collapses to nothing. In between each of those spikes, there is no electric activity. In between each present moment in our so-called linear time, space and time does not exist. It recreates itself out of absolutely nothing and spike, and we have a present moment with all kinds of happenings in it, and then it collapses to nothing. 
that's how time is stretched out so we can understand the happenings as they go along and we move through those present moments so fast that it looks like one continuous movie and you are the star actor in the movie so again, it sounds like you're describing a wave i mean it's, yes. we've, it's been proven recently that, that we know gravity works on the same type of energy waves that radiation and light work on yep. uh so if if time if time is an actual construct of the universe then it makes common sense that it also functions in waves and frequencies yeah yeah and uh, the mind has a lot to do with this uh, another incident of something that cannot be explained by newtonian physics is that in china first of all the chinese government has there's laws on the books now in china that time travel is illegal wow how about that why would they outlaw something they know doesn't exist yeah yeah i mean <laughs> But I mean, there's there may be some good reason for that. What I mean, what could be the consequences? I mean, what I mean, what if time travel became, you know, like the Jetsons, like everybody has a folding car that turns into a briefcase, but it also goes backwards and forwards in time. Just yeah. I, I can't even contemplate the consequences. I mean, you go back and make yourself rich. Go back and make yourself, you know, instead of marrying this girl, marry the other girl. I mean, you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, 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 and going back and fixing a problem, let's say you don't like your wife, you want to, you realize, oh, you know, 20 years in, you're like, oh, I should have married the other girl that I dumped a week earlier. <laughs> and you yeah. go back and you fix that. Then you go forward 20 years later with that girl, and the same situation occurs again. You, 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 how do you know you're going to fix it by going back into the past? Yeah. yeah let me give yeah. you a par parallel to that one. My co host on the broadcast team, Alpha Show, Nori Love. She's a hypnotherapist and she takes people, put them into a hypnotic state and take them forward in time so they can meet themselves, talk with themselves, maybe have advice from themselves. Because hopefully, let's say if you go forward four years, you might yeah. be just a little bit smarter four years from now than you are today. Yeah. So you could give yourself advice. Yeah. It's a, well, I mean, they, they actually, they, 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 they address that very briefly, and you have you have it's kind of subtly in the Back to the Future movies. Uh, you know, like there's the at the end of the second one or in the middle. Yeah, I think it's the end of the second one. Where, uh, there's a there's a drag race between Marty and another car, and in the earlier in the movie, you found out that during that race he had a crash and he broke his hand. And he couldn't play mm -hmm. music and he didn't have a rec you know a rock and roll career like he wanted. So at the end of the movie, he remembers that, that he heard in the future. So he doesn't drag race the guy. He doesn't break his hand. So yeah. that fixes that problem. But it's it, you, you, have, you have to know where that key point in your life is to go back and fix. And you, yeah. you can't be certain that if you go back to that point and fix that problem and then move forward in the timeline, that the same problem doesn't transfer over. Or a new problem doesn't, or something even worse comes over. So it's, I mean, I think it's. Yeah. I, that, I, think always, it's I always think of 12 Monkeys, that movie, and I love the H.G. Yeah. Wells stuff, but 12 Monkeys is always Terry it's Gilliam. A, it's a very bizarre movie, and it's also a very bizarre television series as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when I'm thinking about what Nori is doing with that hypnosis session, is that it creates solutions. 
you'll be amazed what kind of answers that you get from yourself four years from now that will help you solve your present situation. Yeah, I'm going to imagine you tell yourself, you know, don't go through that door. Don't take that job. Don't, you know, yeah. don't go on that motorcycle. You know, that's that's when your life turns for the worst. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that brings up timelines. Yeah. Because we are in a timeline right now, and I kind of suspect that we are in the same one because I'm sitting here looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's say that, let's take a scenario here. Let's say that your life really suck. <laughs> and you really would like to have something different. What if you were able to switch into a different timeline where your life really didn't suck? That would be a very, very attractive option. Oh, yeah. So there is a way to do this. You remember, we live in a mind created, holographically projected, self aware universe. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi weekly podcast presenting these spine chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Avey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. So if it's mind-created, the mind has a lot to do with whatever you see around you. The mind creates that construct of everything around you. So if there's something you don't like, the mind can start working on removing it from your movie. And it can do that in by switching timelines. Now, remember, whatever you see around you is energy, right? Yeah. When we say mind created, think about it. What does a mind do? It holds memory, creates memories, and it creates pictures and creates things that you interact with. All of these things is coming through the brain and being transmitted out. So it is energy. Energy does not go away. It yeah. can only be transmuted to something different. Yes, it can only change it. That's right. So that what you have right now cannot go away. It can go away from your perception of it, but the energy will stay with it. Mm -hmm. So if, let's say that you did something really stupid, let's say five years ago. Oh, I, I got my hand up. I've done some stupid things. <laughs> I... Uh, Let's say that that thing you are still suffering from today, 
let's say that you wanted to change timelines so that thing did not happen well it will happen in this timeline because you did it so it's energy but if you went back five and a half year before and start concentrating on what you were doing back then and know that this decision will come up five year five months from now and you start visualizing you start intending and you start an emotional interaction with a decision that was different than the one that brought you grief now you decide to do a different direction and you keep doing that over and over again repetition will create new neural network that will bring you a new reality to be projected so mm -hmm. now you could end up going up a different timeline when that decision come because you're not going to do the same thing again you could find yourself in a different timeline the only thing about it is that you probably will not be able to remember the bad thing that you did so you would may probably not remember which is so okay if, if you if you go if you make a mistake and you remember the mistake and then, like you said five years mm -hmm. after the mistake you go back in time before the mistake is the memory going to be erased it may because now your consciousness is in a different timeline or the, the event so you, yeah you may not be able to remember there are two schools of thought within quantum mechanics on this they say that when you are in a new timeline the old one collapses the reality in the old one collapses to nothing. I used to believe that was true, but I've changed my mind on that after I was able to take some pictures from the past. So now when you're in the new timeline, you may not remember the old one because that mm -hmm. consciousness is following that timeline and you're the new one. So there's a separation of consciousness. That yeah, is the best best way I can probably understand and be able to explain you. Yeah, they actually said something like that in the I think it was the Loki TV show where they had, they had a great deal of time travel going on, um, and they, they said that you know they were going back and changing things in previous time strains, and they said that we have to go back in time to do this before the timeline heals itself and our memories change to the new timelines <laughs> we might not remember what we were doing so we got to get this done before <clears throat> the timeline catches up to us so yeah i, I see what you're saying it, it, yeah it, there's it, it sounds like it's going to be a bitch to do time travel no matter how you do it i was just going to say i've read in the neil donald Walsh those conversations with god books he compares it to like a xerox machine and then i guess if you made a wrong choice it comes back up and you can make the right choice and then it goes to that path it sounds kind of similar but a lot more complex the way you're you're describing it for mm -hmm. sure yeah like Every, everything you think you do you visualize you see your experience there is made a record of it and that record is first of all recorded in the brain and also in in your mind as well as in the quantum existence or the universal mind there is a record of it in several different places like this. So you could, psychics are somewhat better at this. They can go to that universal mind, or some of them call them the Akashic records. That's fine. 
Mm -hmm. And they can get that information from there and bring it into their mind, pass it down to the conscious understanding in the brain, and they can be able to relive or see the occurrence. And uh, there is ways to do this. Astral travelers, now you are in a higher vibration where you have more access to these things. And especially if you go beyond the astral world, then you have access to everything past, present, and future. But what we are having here is an illusionary existence. But this illusion does not stop at the edge and the, you know, the edge of the physical existence. It also continues into the lower astral world in a vibration slightly higher than us. The way we know that ask any astral traveler they will tell you that when you leave the body you may see other people other entities other things some of them people are just they died and they have no clue what's going on if somebody dies and have no spiritual knowledge they're going to be really confused and they are going to be coming to you asking questions if you are out there in the astral vehicle or <coughs> traveling by consciousness. So that's why you got to be a little careful when you leave the body and go out there and explore that like this. Don't start interacting with a lot of things out there because it may follow you home. Yeah, I, I've heard about that from many uh, other <laughs> aspects of paranormal particularly uh like poltergeist activity is sometimes followed not not only the people from one home to another but the reason the people who come to like cleanse the homes follow them to their homes um but i've also heard about in astral travel that um it i mean it's it i haven't been i don't know how to do it but there, allegedly there's like a silver string or a silver cord that attaches yeah. It's part of your soul back to your, your your existence, your reality. And if that's broken while you're astral, you die on your plane, but you're stuck in the afterplane. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's there's something to that. That's how you get back as you follow that silver string back. But if it's severed, you know, time's up. <laughs> that astral sub substance is very strong. It will not break. But the uh, the only way it could separate you from the physical body if if when you're laying in bed and you're out there somewhere uh, then if the roof caves in and kills you in the bed yeah then you get separated and that's about the only thing there is always this safety valve in the universe if you get so far away that you run out of astral substance to keep that cord connected then when you run out you're slammed back in the body and that can hurt all over like a bungee cord kind of thing. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. I've had a lot of light being experiences where I've seen them uh, with my physical eyes sober. And sometimes while partying, I've seen them a long yeah. time ago. But it's almost like that part of us is kind of like a light being. And it's showing me because I've looked up into the heavens with my naked eye and seen like a ton of them. It's like they're in a quantum rim out there. It's kind of like a Sims or something like a, I don't even like that game, but that's what it reminded me of. And it's mm -hmm. like, I could just see them. I was also wondering if I was seeing what we do when we sleep, if there's people projecting up there and somehow that part of me is showing me that through my naked eye, which is kind of weird and a unique thing I've heard. Not many people have done, but I've seen that the light being thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that uh, 
when you call it astral travel, it may not be astral travel. If you are out there and you see the cord, you are traveling in the astral vehicle. Your astral body is there. But if you look around and see no cord, you're not astral traveling. You are traveling by consciousness. And by doing that, there is no limitation to distance. You could, if you had a destination, let's say on the other side of this galaxy, of course, we don't know what's out there, so it's kind of hard to get your, your bearings, but you could travel there in a split moment. But if the, for the astral vehicle to get to the other side of this galaxy, chances are you would run out of astral substance and you may not be able to get there. There is some limitation to distance. <clears throat> and uh, I, I know this, but uh, I got to come clean on this one. I'm not, I used to do a lot of it, but I'm not all that good anymore on it because I have not practiced enough and I can't get out all the time. Once in a while I can when the situation is right, but not all the time. But this is something that can be practiced. In fact, on broadcastteamalpha.com, we have some classes where you can learn how to do this. But that is for the uh, members of our mastermind group. You, you can get in touch with us and I can we can show you how to take those classes. It's simple to learn. It's just that it takes a little practice. I think it took me a month or two doing it every, every, every night before I was able to get out of the body and turn around and look at myself. And it scared the daylight out of me. I think, oh, holy chocolate, did I die? So I hurried right back in the body again, and I couldn't even fit myself. So it scared me until I realized that... Yeah, this is what I wanted to do. I didn't die. So now I started doing it more, just traveling around the house and just take baby steps. One thing I want to ask you kind of off the cuff, and you may not know anything much about it, or maybe you've heard something. I've been watching a lot of stuff with the dog man stuff. Like there's a lot of documentaries on Tubi, a lot of Texas sightings of the humanoid dog-like creatures. Have you ever heard any weird intel about those or what they may be? Has that ever crossed your path? Well, the, the thing about that is that I think there's too many sightings, too many incidents to be just made up. Yeah, there's a lot of weird ones for sure with that. And I think, I think that there may be an interdimensional aspect to that, kind of like Bigfoot, because there are people that have seen, <laughs> seen a Bigfoot and they turn around and they walk away and they poof disappear there may be something similar with a dog man i don't know i have not really looked into that particular creature much but i think there is some interdimensional aspect to that one Go bleed through, yeah. Then you got you know Anubis and stuff from Egyptian lore. I mean, they have dog men and stuff in Egyptian lore, so it's not like yeah, that. it's it's a common theme of anthropomorphized animals throughout history. But uh, the thing with with the Bigfoot confusion is uh, now I have seen Bigfoot up very close. I mean, like from where I'm sitting here to about where that door is is about the distance I saw him at, oh. uh, within ten feet. 
Uh, it was through a window. I was inside the house. He was outside of the house. But the face is human, 100%. Um, it's different than ours. It's got they got the hair is most of the face is covered with hair and or look like really big long hippie mustache and hippie beard. But uh, yeah. the animal is on the same track as us genetically. There's no question about that. Um, oh, they so have. I, mean, I don't think that yeah. that creature has interdimensional capabilities. However, uh, there is a creature, and I forget its name. <laughs> I'm getting older, so. Uh, but the creature is Chewbacca-like, Wookie-like, Bigfoot-like. It's a it's a nine foot, ten foot tall, hairy creature, but it uses technologies. It travels in spaceships from other star systems to this star system and back. And it's, it's not a frequent visitor. Uh, but it has visited the planet frequently, and when it does, it may have some sort of cloaking device which gives off the illusion of stepping through a portal or coming from another dimension. I don't think the hairy ones are intradimensional or extra portal or extra planar, if you will. Well, you know, what you just said, though, that makes sense, too, because there is a lot of reports of UFOs at the same time someone has seen a Bigfoot. And, and but very recently, though, I mean, if you go back to the 50s reportings, there, there are lots of UFO reportings, but very few where there's a UFO and Bigfoot. But if you take the 1950s, like a map of UFO activity, and then you take a map of the United States and Bigfoot activity, and you overlay them on top of each other, you will find that those activities are in the same places. And if a physical Bigfoot dies like a human, it probably has a ghost that's like, like a quantum side or a spirit or something that's Quite still possible. alive. So, oh, yeah. Well, there's yeah. that. There may be physical ones and ghost ones. I mean, I don't know, but there's definitely... I've interviewed enough people about Bigfoot and Dogman that there's definitely something going on. I've, I've had people in here that I definitely know they were telling the truth. Uh, I've oh, never seen they are intelligent. In fact, we know they have a language because there are people that have heard them talking to each other in uh, strange ways, not any language that we would uh, even recognize, but they are communication going back and forth. It's, yeah, it's very like if you listen, if you watch Star Wars, it's, it would be something like how Chewbacca speaks. It's a, it's a guttural yeah. noise. I mean, we've, we've, I've heard some very weird recordings which it actually sounds like conversation, but you can't make out what they're saying in it, but it is definitely not a human voice. It's a Bigfoot recording. I remember growing up back in Norway over in Europe, and uh, the, we had something looking almost like a Wookiee. You know, the, mm -hmm. the little short guys, hairy guys. And they, yeah. yeah, they live in the mountains. Uh, they said, the people say, yeah, we've seen them. They're, they're running, when we come, they run away, you know. So they're there. Too many people have seen this. Incredible yeah. people. Yeah, very incredible. And the, the and the Bigfoot thing, I I I don't really follow it so much as I've seen him. <laughs> so I don't, I don't have to go. For, I don't. I mean, yes, I would love to bring one to science, uh, mm -hmm. but I think the only way that's going to happen is if we find a dead one or actually make one dead ourselves. But I don't want that to happen. Uh, but watching, having watched the uh, um, um, show of Finding Bigfoot. I forget the guy's name. Moneymaker, Matt Moneymaker, is it? Um, they they did a test. They did a test with a deer carcass they had found, you know, that was deceased on the side of the road. And uh, there's two speculations as to why we don't find the physical remains of Bigfoot. But if you think about it, how often do you go out and you find the remains of anything? Unless you see it on the side of the road, most of the time in the woods, you don't find 
the remains of anything. You might find a bone here or a bone there, but you don't know that that animal died on that spot. So they, what they did with this deer is they staked it to the ground outside of in the backyard of someone's house. And it took seven days for this, you know, four or 500 pound animal to decay to where there was nothing there. There's a few scattered bones and that was it gone seven days. And this was in like the summer. So if you, if the temperature goes up and more <clears throat> higher, take less days. If it were to go down and be cooler, it would take more days. So that's part of the thing is when it doesn't take long for the body to decompose out in the wilderness, unless it's very cold. Uh, and if it's very hot, it will decompose faster. But there's also speculation that Bigfoot's uh, bury their dead. Yeah. So they they dispose of them somehow because it's uh, you never find one. It's it's a huge society. I mean, it, it has <clears throat> to be, but they have to be doing something like that. You, you if, if there's that many that are seen that frequently across the entire planet, you somebody would have found a body at some point. So they must be doing something. They either they're they're leaving them in the deep woods to decompose, or they're burying them. Yeah. There's also stories of uh, rangers at national parks and stuff having numbers that they call if something like that happens. Like let's say they find a body or someone. There's something that comes out. It's probably like a cleanup for that kind of thing too. Like I've seen that on some. <clears throat> lucrative uh, documentaries and stuff like that. But one thing also I want to bring up, I know we talked about Project Bluebeam and stuff like that. I don't know if you've kept up with uh, that Secret of Skinwalker Ranch show and there's a Beyond Skinwalker Ranch show on the History Channel, but those things have reached such levels of spookery of government agents. They're in broad sight on that show, revealing phenomenon, having crazy things happen, people getting sick on the ranch. But the craziest thing is they have like roundtable meetings every season and it's got former Bigelow personnel, state attorney of Utah, all these government spooks. The last season ended with them agreeing there's a base under there they can't drill through and they think it may be alien or so military that just so crazy stuff that I've never seen on the show, but to, on a show at all. But to top it off, there's this Beyond Skinwalker Ranch show that has that Chris Bledsoe that has a book called UFO of God. And I have the book. I, I haven't finished reading it. I have, I'm using discernment with it because it's so creepy. But it's on Amazon in the Christian section with five stars about a guy that works with the government that can summon UFOs. And his best friend's that Colonel John Alexander. And on that Beyond Skinwalker Ranch show, he summons this phenomenon with two former CIA spooks who were there as investigators and Colonel John Alexander standing right next to him. And if you look up UFO of God on Amazon and reading the reviews, all these people are like, oh, I'm doing this now and I can summon lights in the sky. And I've had some similar phenomenon like that in the past to where I interacted with it ask it to move and stuff but my thing is with the miami mall thing which that seemed kind of i don't i didn't really buy into that whole story even though it seemed weird and then the peru thing and then the las vegas thing the peru and las vegas seemed a little more substantial than the mall thing to me but i'm just telling you there's definitely spook shenanigans going on with that show yeah. <laughs> shows the craziest damn thing i've ever seen with government spooks out in the open talking about it and saying all this crazy stuff yeah and maybe spooks in more than one definition we call the cia agents spooks too 
so there may be some uh, disinformation right in the middle of it. But I think that the following in South America, I think, has some credibility because of the people in that village, as well as the one in Las Vegas. I believe there's some good movie footage of that. Yes, so, that was uh, crazy, yeah. Yeah, so I think there's something to that. And uh, when we talk about Project Bluebeam, though, that has been around since back in the 1960s. In fact, Bernie von Braun talked about that. Yeah, we're going to have a fake alien invasion. That's the last card the deep state have. So if we if we wake up one day and see thousands of ships in the sky, we know two things. First of all, they failed at everything else. So that's the last card. And for the second is that the first wave of UFOs are not our friends. They're here to create fear. The second wave is when the good guys come to clean up. So this is all planned. And uh, there is um, there's a NASA administrator, Charles Bolden. He uh, wrote something in a, on aliens. He, he said that in... By 1919, no, 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 no. By 2025, we will have an alien invasion. So he was on the inside. He knows a few things. And, and could it be a foreign nation pretending to be an alien invasion or our own, but it could also be like China with weird UFO stuff too, as other stuff I was like that. Just would be holographic in nature, the, the, the fake alien invasion. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the 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 blue beam that is all holographic except for a few real ones in between that is shooting at the things on the ground to create fear. I can expect that to happen if they can get it. But now there's so much information out there that uh, people expect that this is yeah. going to be fake. Yeah, is it going to work? Yeah, is it, <laughs> the, yeah. the cat's out of the bag, as it were. There is, uh, speaking of UFOs, there is something called the uh, smoking gun document. I, I wrote this down because I wanted to tell you guys about it. There okay. is, go to the FBI website, go to uh, <clears throat> vault.gov.fbi. There is something called UFO groups. And then go to document 6751. <clears throat> and they talk about the fact that, yeah, we know the aliens are here. They are coming back and forth, but they are interdimensionals. And we're talking with them. We, we have contact. It's right on the FBI website. Now, what I'm concerned, how much more disclosure do you need than that? Yep, I've, I've seen that, I believe. It talks about the interdimensional beings and stuff. I've seen that one for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's definitely well, crazy. They are well on their way with Project Bluebeam because uh, there is uh, several steps that they go through. First of all, they got to destroy religion and they create earthquakes and they rewrite history. That comes under one section. Another one is holographic UFOs. And the third one is telepathic and electronic communication, two ways with entities in the sky. And that's where they have the plan that for the in the Christian world and the Western world, 
you're going to see yep. Jesus coming back. He's going to be right up there, a huge guy. And he's going to be talking to you. You're going to hear his voice in your head. That's in their papers. There's the CIA document that explained this. You can probably find it in the reading room on the on the website. And what they are what they're doing is that they're using an old technology called voice to skull. And that means that they beam microwaves at the key voice in on the microwave. So when it hits your skull, it turns into vibration that you can hear as a voice. So now they are from the satellite. They're talking to you, telling you something like uh, Jesus is saying, oh, do as the government tell you so they can protect you. I'm just playing on words here, but something like that. That is the plan. So now, now what do we do? Well, there, uh, we have to know that this could happen. I personally don't think they will be able to play this card because too, inf too much information is out there. But you never know. I, I never saw that. I, I never saw that anywhere. In yeah, I mean, it, it's very similar. If you, I don't know if you saw the most recent Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. Or the, not actually the middle one. This is the middle one with Tom Holland, where he fights Mysterio, who is allegedly somebody from another, you know, extra-dimensional Earth. But he's in charge of some very serious holographic technology, and he creates these holographic, uh, you know, Earth-shattering events that he goes and saves the planet from. Uh, sounds very similar to that. I, I don't know if that's where they got that, but uh, yeah, I don't. I, I agree. With you. I don't think they can play that card. I, I mean, you would have to actually, like Jeffy said, you'd have to have enemy troops. Like I, we'd have to send our planes to Russia to hide behind those holographs to shoot at their people. They'd have to send their fighter aircraft to our country to shoot at our citizens. Because how are you going to get one of our fighter pilots to, sh to shoot on civilians for a fake UFO invasion? No, it's going to be Russian Russian planes on American soil. U.S. planes are yeah. under holograms. Yeah. That would that that would definitely make it work. Yeah, there is one thing I really want people to remember, and that is who and what we are. We are not this physical meat suit that we are carrying around. We are a spiritual being that have created this physical vessel to travel around and get physical experiences so that the spiritual being can learn and grow because a spiritual being cannot have physical experiences. So now the mind creates everything. So that is what we do. Nori and I put together this mastermind group. And uh, what we are doing there, we are creating the future before we have to live it. We are molding, we are kind of uh, paving the road for our timeline into the future with good things in it. And we have done some incredible things. I mean, there seems like we are creating out of seemingly nothing sometimes. We have healed people on their deathbed to walking out of the hospital the next day, and we have created rain almost out of, well, not clear sky. There were some clouds, but not much in a matter of an hour and a half. 
So these things are possible once you focus, you visualize it, you imagine it, you feel it, you love it into existence. If anybody wants to join us in that mastermind, I welcome you. Send us an email to themastermindconnection at gmail.com. And I'll send you some information. You come and check it out and see if you like to uh, participate. Very cool. I had an experience when I was a kid that my dad blamed me for making it rain and he hit me. We were working in a car <laughs> on a car in a hot field and he uh, it was so hot. It was blue clouds. I mean, not blue clouds, blue out. And I go, I, I was sweating and I was like, I wish it rain. <laughs> he hit me. No. <laughs> he was abusive he's passed now but god bless his soul but I, that was weird like that was really weird <laughs> well maybe you did don't there's discount these things i, I have a book weather shamanism there's stuff to it for sure yeah, remember Art Bell some 25 years ago when he did that experiment? They were uh, in Australia, the, no, in Texas. Texas was burning up. They were have not rained for about four months or so, and uh, cattle was drying, towns were running out of water, and Art Bell went on the air and told the 20 million listener that was, that was there, it's a visualized rain over Texas. And... Within hours, there were thunderstorms all over Texas, and the rain came, and the weather forecasters came out and said they were dumbfounded. This should not have happened. There were no moisture anywhere in the computer models that could create the rain, but it did. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. There, there's stuff like that. There's these little uh, dwarf native guys called, like, Bone and Mike, and they've been on a show called Reservation Dogs that has a lot of great native actors in it that's really good, like West Studi and stuff. But they went on that. I don't normally watch those singing shows, but they I saw it on YouTube. They went on a sh that show where Howard Stern's one of the hosts, one of those stupid singing shows. I don't watch them, but I watched it just to see those guys. And it was not raining outside at all. They did this little rain dance, and the cameras went out, and it rained afterwards. <laughs> it was these little native dudes dancing around. <laughs> They're funny. They're they're. It's like Mike and Bone or Bone and Mike or something like that. But and yeah, you know, yeah. And you know what we do every time things like that happens, we try to explain it away. Oh yeah, that was a coincidence. It would have rained anyway. You know, we go there and try to explain it away because that we can live with in our paradigm. Well, we've always heard, I mean, since I was a kid about natives having the ability to, you know, what what is a rain dance? And you hear that all your life, you know, about a rain dance and stuff. So and that's why when there's bad weather, I always tell the weather spirits I'm grateful for the rain. And so far, so good. I, I was through Hurricane Michael. So that was scary yeah. in Florida. So that's something that I think, you know, by doing that, it helps you on some level. So far, so good. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm grateful for the rain. Thank you. Well, but, you must uh, be doing doing something right. Still kicking. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Augie, someone, someone in the uh, chat room was wondering if it's the, the Mastermind Collective or Collection. Uh, Mastermind, we, we put together a group of people with tremendous minds. And we get together and we concentrate on certain things. We visualize it. We feel it. We intend for it to happen, and 
then we meditate. We lower the brainwave patterns down below the alpha range or however close we get. And then we see it happening. And this has been working for us. And uh, of course, it doesn't work every time. But almost every time we get together, we have um, stuff happening that shouldn't, like mailbox money. Money sh you def you need four hundred dollars to repair a car. Have no clue where to get it. In a matter of a day, you suddenly have it. It shows up. You know. Yeah, and there we go again. We know we tried to explain it away. Of course, you know that was just a coincidence. I love those coincidences when they yeah. keep happening. Then uh, <laughs> this is something that we got a group of people here that uh, we when we. We got to remember the definition of a mastermind is when two or more minds are united in harmony, they create a third mind, which has the potential mind power of the two or more of them multiplied by each other. So if a thousand people get together, concentrate on one thing. Now you have the mind power of a million minds, and that is powerful. And but the, he was asking about the email. Is it collective or collection at gmail.com? Oh no. The mastermind connection. Connection. Connection, yeah. Connection. Oh, I guess I didn't hear the question. It's Sorry. okay, but it's okay. No, that's okay. Because I, I, I put it I put it I put the email in the chat room so they could use it, but I, I spelled it wrong. Good. It's my bad. So what do you think is about to happen, Augie? Everything seems crazy as, as I always say hell. I try to say crazy as heaven. But uh, things just seem, I don't know, on the war scale, it just gets worse and worse. I'm just surprised it hasn't happened sooner at this point. You know, a nuke or something that's so crazy. Uh, don't worry about it. It's going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> I saw the newest Mad Max again. So that's what yeah. my training no, yeah, thing, I just watched that last night, actually. I have I've seen enough of the future. I am not worried about the future at all. Though, there's going to be some hiccups. We may have a time where a month or two, nothing works. And that could be, uh, I mean, the government right now is telling us that Russia or China, they're going to attack the electric grid. Sure, they might. And it might go down for a while, but it's the future that I've seen is good. But the rest of this year, there's going to be a lot of turmoil and uh, maybe into next year some, but there is going to be good in the end. We are going to win this one. You got to remember the beast does not lie down and die. They will fight to the last person. Because they know that if things turn into our favor, they're all going to hang. So I'm not worried about the future. The only thing is that be strong for the next yeah, year or so. Yep. It's definitely crazy. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of stuff going on with the frequencies and stuff that manipulate us on some level, like... Christina, she's in uh, New Orleans right now at uh, Mardi Gras. But anytime she's near the phone, my fiance, her hands get 
all messed up from the like the rays and i've noticed if i turn it off and get away from it i feel better like it just seems like they're zapping us on so many different levels i mean it could be even foreign nations it could be our own government it seems like there's frequency i've had robert duncan on before and uh supposedly he made some kind of technology for the cia and they used it and he whistleblowed and uh so i know there's things like that it seems like we're being bombarded with it yeah and uh when i talked about timelines it is important to understand that we have a lot more control over where we are going than what we are told we have so that's why in the mastermind we create our timeline with good things with it and we've done that for three years and a lot of the stuff we have asked for is happening so we are creating it and everybody out there that is listening to this should create their own mastermind also you can do that if you're a family of three people get together decide what you want then visualize it feel it love it intend for it to happen and meditate on it if you do that you start putting things into the quantum existence that you can pull back later it becomes physical with you so i know ball clubs football clubs and stuff they do this all the time why don't families do it we should church groups should do it it's a creative visualization i know i learned about it from yeah. shamanism when i started reading it in my early days yeah need to do it more often we forget to do it and then we remind, yeah. remember but well, you have to keep doing it and we need to search out the truth i'm going to read a quote to you from uh, uh, this is the the head of the cia under ronald reagan he said one time that when we uh, when we find that all of the things that the american public believes is false we know our disinformation program is working he said that at the tail end of an interview when he didn't think the mic was running yes <laughs> i remember seeing that yeah and then we talked about uh, future science and uh, ufos and stuff remember what ben rich the head of the lock lockheed skunk work said one time I, I might have it mixed up but it's either gonna he, he said something to the effect that if you've seen it on star wars or star trek we've already done it we know how so, to do it yeah 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 and the other the other guy was was john lear uh or is it bill bill lear i can't remember i think it's john lear son grandson of bill lear uh he said something almost <clears> the same effect it's like if if, uh, if you've imagined it we can already do it <laughs> yeah. Now, he also said we know how to take et home it will not yeah. take a lifetime to do it we already have the means to travel among the stars but these technologies are locked up in black projects and it would take an act of god to ever get them out to benefit humanity anything you can imagine we know how to do yeah now, mm -hmm. take that one, put it in your pipe and smoke it. I tell you, that is a pretty powerful statement. If you take them both together, both men's statements, and put them both together, both those statements are very similar. 
What both yeah. men are saying is essentially we have technology that would boost us at, at, at least 200 years, at least into the Star Trek era of technology, yeah. where we can go up to a wall and go, T, Earl Grey, four sugars, hot, bing, it's there. No energy. You didn't, you're not, you're not, and it could be infused with, you know, it'll, it'll taste like Earl Grey, but it won't have any of the bad stuff in it for you. You can have it, you can program your machine any way you like it. No caffeine, extra caffeine, you know, the, yeah. the technologies yeah. are out there. <clears throat> one one thing I want to ask, I've noticed with uh, mushroom, like a microdose situation, how that can be helpful. And I think some consider it uh, brain food and it's something I hadn't done in a long time, but it was just such a small amount. But I did notice like a lifting of like depression from it. And I know a lot of states are using that and legalizing it, which surprised me with doctors and stuff, mushrooms and things like that. But what are some things out there? besides psychedelics that can feed the brain? Because I think my brain is starving lately. <laughs> oh, well, um, everybody needs to be on a nutritional program of one kind or another, because I have read a Senate document back in, I think it was written in 1932, where it said that all farmland is depleted of minerals. So we need to supplement minerals because if you don't get it in the food, where are you get the minerals? The body needs minerals. The brain needs minerals in order to function properly. And probably the most beneficial plant for the brain and the body is marijuana. Really? As food, not to smoke it. As food, yeah. Like no. as, as, as in a salad. You yeah. gotta eat it. What now? What what makes the difference between smoking and eating? What 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 changes in that? Well, it goes into the lungs and uh, it goes in the blood, but um, the stops at the blood-brain barrier. So uh, I would say, uh, I just they hemp. Paste is probably the best one, uh, not just probably, it is, because there you take the whole plant. You don't throw away uh, everything that you don't think you need. You take the whole plant and make a paste out of it, and when you eat that, that replenishes the whole body. But uh, this is uh, hard to find. Right here. What is it exactly? <laughs> yeah, but I tell you, um, it will feed the brain. It will also get the uh, the uh, pyconutrients that at the end of the neurons. You know, they don't touch their open spot between each neuron, and there's a spark going across there. There is rhodium, rhodium, and other uh, metals at the edge of the uh, neurons, if they get clogged up or if they are not there, which they wouldn't be if you don't have a real food supplement, then the spark will not work and your brain will be slow or may even start going into dementia or something, all kinds of things can happen. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not giving any advice here, but I think this is my experience. 
Yeah, I've been doing brownies, and you can buy the it's it's medicinal here, and it's expensive, but you can get a license here. But they have like the condensed oil, and my mom will make it. She's seventy, and she does them. I have to be careful with her; she gets too wild with them. I was like, man, you need to slow down on those brownies, <laughs> for real. <laughs> Gonna go into a coma. But well, uh, she too many. But I've had them recently. I'm very light with it, though. I don't take a lot of it at a time. Yeah, yeah well, that. But it's been part of the problem with the edibles, particularly, is they don't know how to dose it. So um, you know, they warn you to be very careful with them because it's, it's it's recreational and medical across the street in Maryland. It's medical here in Pennsylvania. Uh, but again, they still they, they, they caution you on eating the, the edibles because they're making, you know, gummy worms and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's only so much milligrams per per container. And each like it's like 10 milligrams per, per uh, 10 milligrams per container and like one milligram per chew or whatever. But they. It reacts differently to each pe each person who eats it, so you got to be careful with them. You can have uh, not something fatal, but something that might scare you and cause an, you know a, a medical emergency event. Yeah. Well, Jeffrey, I think you're doing it right. You're not smoking the brownies; you're eating them, so you actually get it as a food. <laughs> I have to be careful with the ones we have lately; they make you sleepy. I have to do yeah, those when you're ready to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, they don't yeah. make it in edibles like that at the at the dispensaries here. It's it's only candies, so it's not like you know. It's not I feel like. I feel like with sativa, like I, I do indica, but I need to do sativa too. It seems like a sativa helps uplift me more, like a DNA weird kind of thing. Where indica is good, but there's something about sativa that I like. Sativa is for like being active and creative and yeah. uh, going out and doing things. If you want to rest and relax, let's say you have an injury like I have, an indica would be uh, indicated. And then they have the hybrids, which I've, I've tried some of the hybrids. I yeah, I don't, you know, they kind of make it's like drinking too much coffee. The hybrids yeah. there—it's like it's got—it's just too much. And and Augie, what's the wear and tear on the lungs? Because I've used the vapes with the th, you know, the weed stuff and the the smoke. And I mean, in the long run, that's really bad to be doing anyway, right? To the lungs. Yeah, because uh, anything with a smoke will have a residue, and that mm -hmm. residue is deposited in the lungs. It creates phlegm in there, or uh, not all of it is passed through the air sacs into the blood. So th there's a residue in there. And I don't care what you smoke. And it could be tobacco. And, uh, of course, tobacco, American tobacco is full of about 400 and some chemicals. That is no good for you. But whatever you smoke, it creates a residue inside the lungs, which in the long run could hurt them. That is my yes. opinion only. Yeah, and if you ask any medical professional, particularly doctors, the, the fastest way for them to get medicine into the human body without sticking a needle in your arm is yeah. through the lungs. They don't go through the lungs particularly because of the damage they can cause with smokes and steams. But my brother was asthmatic all through my childhood, so I spent my early youth through you know several you know, hourly, daily visits to the ER room uh, because his asthma and they treated him with, he takes a big capsule with powder in it. He, they put it in a machine with a propeller in it and then he would puncture it. And then he would, he had to suck that powder into his lungs to help the asthma. And then later they came out with, uh, with aerosol sprays later on. But when he first started, it was, he was having to suck powder into his lungs through these propeller devices. You see the impalers people breathe in all the time. They push a button. They didn't have that back in the early seventies. So it's, yeah, some horrible stuff happening there. 
Some yeah. reason you can't see them, but that's my brow. Some reason the stupid background deletes. Put it in front of your thing. body, and then you'll see it. Put it in front of your face or your body. Snoochie boochies. <laughs> brownies. Oh, makes the brownies. Okay, that's a whole week's worth, huh? Yeah, for her it's like two days. Me, it's a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Oh, here, here's something uh, kind of interesting that I want to mention. That is, I know that we're uh, talking about time travel and all that good stuff. There is some evidence. In fact, I have some of it on our website, broadcastteamalpha.com. I got two pictures that I took. The pictures have different things in them, but they're taken at the same time, which means they were taken in two different timelines, and they were taken at two different times, but they showed up at the same time. You can go to Broadcast Team Alpha, go into the picture gallery, go to page 15, and I think it's right about in the middle of the page. There is two pictures next to each other, kind of greenish. One of them have leaves on the trees, and the, the road is really wet because it's been raining. And the other one has no leaves on the trees, and the road is dry. But their pictures were taken at the same time. So go have a look at that. There's a lot of writing that explains how, they, how I took those pictures. So it'll uh, be another thing that will just kind of rattle your cage if you're sitting on the fence. And uh, also it might just challenge your paradigm a little bit. I got to ask, I got in trouble once. Well, I wouldn't say I got in trouble, but a long time ago I pissed off Alfred Weber and Andrew Basago because I've said something about that Obama time travel story that I didn't believe it. It was just hard to believe. For some reason, I would, have you ever heard that story? You think there's any truth to Obama time traveling? <laughs> like just saying it sounds goofy. I mean, maybe it's true, but I don't know where that one came from. It was out there pretty big. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the thing about it is that we need to quit thinking in the terms of old science. We need to start thinking in the present and future possibilities. And when we do, Everything opens up yeah. because our mind, uh, technology is doubling every year and a half. And it's been doing that for several decades. And I will almost guarantee you that the technology that the secret space program and the dark side of government have is well over 50 years ahead of what we are told. 100 years possibly in some cases at our present growth. So well, our present growth is pretty impressive as it is. I mean, th just think about it. Even yeah. if you just go back 100 years to 1924, what do they have? Cars and uh, basic biplanes and yeah. uh, color driven. Thirty years yeah. after that, you're now we got jets and working on space travel. Thirty years after that, we're in space. We have the space shuttle. Thirty years after that, we're on Mars. And what we're going to be thirty years from now? Uh, we're going to have colonies on the moon and Mars and maybe other places like you know, Venus, maybe Mercury. Who knows? Yes, they're out there. And think of it, in 1903, 
the first airplane flew about three quarter of a mile. Seconds, I think it was. <laughs> it was in the uh, air for one hundred and twelve seconds, something like that. It's or one hundred and twelve feet. I can't remember yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. One hundred twelve seconds or flew one hundred twelve feet. Sixty-nine years later, somebody walked on the moon. So that gives you a little timeline from a uh, 1903 to 69. Doesn't uh, make sense. It just now. <laughs> where are they now? Yeah, in a 40-year span, that we went from not being in the air to being in the air with with paper-covered yeah. aircraft over a wooden skeleton, and then we're on the moon. The time frames just they don't. So it's like it's like steam. And then gas, and which is yeah. it just the, the for things to just morph, just the time frame for things to improve has gone faster and faster. Where we're replicating and duplicating technologies and making them better every ten years, or better, maybe even five or six. I got a weird time travel movie, uh, nineteen seventy nine, Time After Time, and it's got Malcolm McDowell in it, and it's about uh, H. G. Wells pursuing Jack the Ripper to time travel who's played by that's a pretty good one who's played by david warner by the way yeah that's a classic that's really good really good yeah like the classic the classic phrase is Matthew mcdowell talking to the his the love interest in the movie is i ate at this restaurant this, this scottish place mcdougall's it was mcdonald's <laughs> in the future yeah. it is difficult to wrap our heads around where the future, what it what will it will bring us, because mm -hmm. we can only imagine it for right now, but if we imagine it strong enough, that's where we are going, mm -hmm. and that's what we need to do. Every yeah. family, every person need to do that for themselves. Honestly, Agi, I've been thinking, hoping, and wishing for a star trek style economy and technology since i was since i saw star trek at the age of like six or seven maybe even sooner four i probably was watching it when i was one two and three when it because i was i was born a month after the show premiered so my parents probably watched it with me in the crib saying well you know you're two years old you're not gonna remember it but then it was you know rerun throughout the 70s i mean i've seen every episode at least 100 times uh, yeah, yeah. One, wanting and wishing for that has been that or becoming Spider-Man. It's one of the two. I want either one. I don't care which. Make me Spider-Man or give me Star Trek. I don't care. But that's what I've been wishing for for the last 57 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's when I was going through chemo, I prayed to be a superhero and to be healed. And I was in the comics and stuff. But I do feel like something healed me, you know, with the chemo and science. And then I did have a lot of weird crap happen with UFOs and seeing weird stuff, but I never got my uh, symbiote mech suit suit or anything like that. But nonetheless, <laughs> something heard me and showed me a lot of weird, weird stuff. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, the mind can heal the body and it does it all the time. That is uh, one of the things that we also do on broadcast team alpha. You can go to uh to uh, YouTube, Broadcast Team Alpha, and there's some videos there uh, in the member section that you can reprogram your subconscious mind for perfect health, perfect memory, and other things like that.
so the mind can heal the body. And that's probably what you did, Jeffrey, not knowing what you actually did. Makes sense for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Think about Joe Dispenza. Years ago, he had an accident. He broke his back. It was shattered. And he went to work on it and he imagined it whole with the, the spinal cord rebuilt inside. The doctors told him he would never walk again. But in a matter of months, he was up walking because of what he was imagining in his mind. He repaired the spine. Everybody, I think, know that story. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. particular, but there are quite a few stories where the, like things are told. The the victim is told certain things by the medical professionals that you'll never do this, you'll never do that, and then you know it takes a long time sometimes. But they all the medical professionals are like this shouldn't yeah. happen. The damage that was there, he should not be walking. He shouldn't be talking. Whatever the problem was. Uh, so, however, it's happening. Yeah, it's that it definitely seems possible. Um, it, it seems it seems that. Uh, I forget which science fiction movie I saw. But they they say that the human body. Oh, it was the Stargate series, uh, TV oh, series. Oh yeah. Where they say the human body is much easier to repair. You know, so we, you know, if you watch the series at all, they kill people left and right. Everyone, everyone of the main characters has been dead at least three or four times and regenerated back to life. So <laughs> they have this machine that they can put you in and it brings you back to life. So it's like, you know, it's like turn off and on a light bulb for us. Or these people, these technologies, they can turn human beings on up and kill you, and then we'll bring you back to life and we'll make you do something else. Uh, I believe it's the technology is there for that kind of thing, even in the brain. But uh, and we talked yeah. about this moments ago, are they going to let that technology out so we'll benefit humanity? Think about what we could achieve as a as what how many are there of us now? Six and a half billion on the planet, we're going eight. on seven billion, huh? We're going eight. on eight. Eight billion. Okay, we'll just we're out of pay. We're going up on eight billion. Imagine if you have eight billion human beings who don't need money. All of a sudden, you can just go to your wall and get food. Imagine the things we could accomplish as as a group. The things we could build. We could <clears> conquer <throat> the entire solar system in under a decade if the whole planet didn't have to worry about energy, food, clothing, shelter, money, jobs, etc. They're not going to let that happen. Yep. And I think everybody has seen Jean-Luc Picard walk to the replicator, look at it, speak to it, and say, Earl Grey tea hot. Yep, and tea, Earl Grey hot. The tea in the cup shows up. Yeah, or or Chief Miles, Chief Miles Bryan will go up and give me a give me a coffee, double strong, double sweet. Yeah. yeah. He asks the same thing every time. Yeah. And from what we hear from the uh, 20 and back people is that these technologies are used. They're out there. It is just that it's not allowed for us to have them. Not yet. Not until they not until they have systems that supersede what is what they have now. Yeah. The only reason why we have cell phones is because they have a much better communications technology that the military is using, and it ain't cell phones. I guarantee mm -hmm. you every military soldier out there even the ones that don't know any of the top secret stuff they all have a cell phone but they're not using that technology to communicate within the military especially in tactical situations they have a, a much better system now yeah 
Hey, uh, Augie, did you see that weird jellyfish UFO over in Iraq base that was kind of being passed around? It was pretty weird, like a, some, kind of, some yeah. kind of metal suit or something that was really weird. I know it was on Leak Project and a bunch of different stuff, but it was really yeah. a... Called the uh, the Star Wars uh, Empire probe. Look, it kind of looks like the the you know in Star Wars the, the second one where the little probe comes out of the snow. It looks kind of like that, but with Predator technology. So you can sort of see the background through the the, the shape of the device. It was weird. Uh, that's the one with the tentacles hanging down, yes. right? Yeah. If yes. you remember back on the Star Wars movie, they yes, had yep, yep, they had Same one thing. like that. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Chewy and hand blew it up. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't. I don't agree with them calling it the jellyfish probe. I, it looks more no. like a mechanical octopus, but whatever. That was weird. I know in the past, and uh, I was partying and stuff with friends a long time ago. But we all saw some strange aerial phenomenon in the sky that seemed like something that should be in the ocean, like a big weird amoeba jellyfish, golden liquid, but in the sky. So there's definitely, you know, I know the thing we saw is probably some military crap, but there's definitely weird stuff like in the sky because I've seen yeah. it. It looks like it should be in the ocean. <laughs> well, if you look at any any old sci-fi, even just sci-fi artwork, um, particularly some of the Roger Dean stuff that he he wrote, he uh, the the artwork he did for the Yes albums, he's got some whales with wings flying in the sky. He's got whales with wings flying in outer space. Uh, and then there, you know, there's other artists who do the same kind of thing, different types of animals. Um, he's got this one that's called the fish. It's like a big theme with the, the band. Yes. It's like a ornithopter in space. Uh, so the, the concept isn't, isn't old. Um, and I would not be surprised that within our lifetime, we find, we know there's life in space. We found, you know, this little, those little water Buffalo things, microscopic dudes. On outside, not in the space, outside of the space shuttle or space uh, station on the windows, on the outside yeah. in space, they live. So I guarantee you there is macro forms that can live in space. Uh, the yeah. best, oh, yeah. There's the best, uh, the best example I have for that is, that, again, going back to Star Trek, the next generation, uh, there's a, a, a spaceship they find that the spaceship had an accident and all the crew died and this, the spaceship is a sentient living creature that has cavities inside of it that are like you know state rooms and bedrooms and places to eat and places to observe outside and do scientific work what have you yeah the, the spaceship since its crew died is trying to kill itself by waiting for a star to explode well the Rymans and the technic in the federation they both want this idea this technology and when they get there the person they bring with it melts with the ship takes control over it sends the Rymans on their way and sends his friends back home almost to the point where he almost kills them, sending them home. Hmm. The idea of a living creature that can live in space. Was it a spaceship? I don't know. There's some tape, some uh, information yeah. as to UFOs that have spaceships that are semi biological in nature and, but also mechanical where it's like, you can touch yeah. the skin of the craft and it feels like an animal biological. Uh, but it's, I'd be hard to explain. Yeah. But there, there was one thing I was going to say. I had a weird, I've had weird dreams about alien stuff. Like I told Patricia Corey once I saw a UFO taking dolphins out of the ocean and the dolphins were singing and I woke up and it was a dream. But recently this week I saw these three tall people 
and they were almost like dressed like you would see like a James Bond spy sitting on a park bench, you know, with a dumb trench coat and all that crap. They were dressed like spooks pretty much, but very tall. And one was a woman and there was two men who were shorter, but I couldn't see their faces. They were so tall. And I just woke up like, like a lot of times I don't remember dreams, but that week, this week I had that one. And I woke up like, what the hell was that? That was really weird. Like I've heard mm -hmm. of tall whites and stuff like that. So I wondered if it was that or just my imagination being weird or whatever, but it's definitely a weird yeah. dream this week. Yeah. Now we need to open our minds up because our paradigm that we are living right now and our mind have accepted is very restrictive. See, our, our subconscious mind does not like new things. It likes it being comfortable in what it knows and understands. If you open up a little crack in that and accept new ideas to come in, we can work them and work them into our paradigm where it could be accepted once we understand that it is real. Definitely. Well, uh, Augie and Jay, we have one minute. That's uh, broadcastteamalpha.com. And, Augie, it's always been a pleasure. I think this is like the third time you're doing the trilogy. We're going to do some prequels. Yeah. And uh, sure. one, one more thing. Just go to Amazon and look for spiritual science, higher conscious thinking, and how to access the universal consciousness. In here, I teach you how to use your mind in ways you normally would think would be impossible. Very cool. Well, it's always a pleasure. We appreciate it so much. It's always a great show. You carry the show when we're tired, so we love it. <laughs> and uh, thanks, Jay, and thanks, Augie, and thanks, everybody, for listening. United Public Radio, 107.7 FM, New Orleans. Everybody have a good weekend. Stay safe out there. Good night. Good night. Good night.